Welcome to the Access VFX podcast, pursuing inclusion, diversity, awareness, and opportunity in VFX, animation, and games industries. Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, founder and director of Access VFX, bringing the visual effects, animation, and games industry together, working towards a shared goal to make our industry more diverse and inclusive by taking action rather than just talking about it. Hi, Simon here. In this trilogy of episodes, we come live from Escape Studios, VFX Festival EDU, in their High Hoban office, London, where I had the chance to speak to a range of industry professionals in attendance to get some decent careers advice. So it's been day two of the festival, and I'm fresh from our Access VFX Speed Networking. After speaking with Eva Adams, production coordinator at Framestore, before she left the event, and I succeeded in securing a group careers advice conversation with Paul Wilkes, Global Head of Talent Management at MPC, Tom Knight, Talent Manager at The Mill, Ian Fellows, 2D Supervisor at Outpost VFX, and Ian Palmer, Director of Escape Studios. Warning, this podcast contains some highly potent nuggets of creative careers advice. Enjoy. Okay, so we're here on day two of the VFX Festival and we're here with Eva Adams from Framestore. Eva, do you want to talk a bit about what you do first and then we'll get stuck into a quick conversation about some careers advice you may have for our listeners? Sure thing. So I'm currently a visual effects uh, coordinator at Framestore and uh, my role is to facilitate the uh, sort of seeing through of a project. So working alongside visual effects supervisors or anime supervisors, comp supervisors and artists over um, the whole sort of visual effects uh, pipeline and basically seeing it through and making sure a project comes through on schedule on time and is completed and done to the client's satisfaction wow big job then <laughs> so you've been here for both days of the access for effects uh, speed networking as part of the event so thank you for getting involved um, so can you give us a bit of a flavor as to the kind of advice you've been giving the students that have come through the event over the last couple of days yes so one of my key pieces of advice over the last two days has been persistence because um, it takes a lot to kind of you know confidence to a apply to get into a company and then to show that company that you um have the passion and drive to kind of join them and, and show that through um, a CV can be quite difficult so and getting that sort of first foot in the door can be very difficult so I'd say uh, keeping persistent is absolutely key and um, finding out a name of a HR person or anybody like that and finding a direct a route to get into a company is always really helpful rather than a generic yeah. email address so I, I got into Framestore I actually told the story to some of the students it took me about six months to get into Framestore and three different uh, job interviews oh, wow. um, because yeah just persistence and there's a fine line between like bit, between being like super um, you know annoying <laughs> and, yeah, then, and then and then actually trying to do it um, in a way that doesn't seem like you're sort of too pushy um, but I was lucky enough to uh, get a really good uh, contact at Framestore who was yeah. in HR and I would just sort of float an email to her every couple of months and she'd put me forward for things and then finally it just worked out and the timing yeah. timing is key as well um, because in visual effects you never know one minute there might be no jobs the next minute you know everybody it's all hands on deck so it is about timing and that's why I say um, persistence is key because you might just get your CV in there at the crucial moment and they're like we really need a coordinator or we really need an artist or you know and um, once that happens and once your foot's in the door you're kind of golden really. Is there something there about resilience as well then so uh, 
accepting that. I mean, I know it's old school advice, but accepting those knockbacks. It is old school advice, but it, nevertheless, it still stands today for sure. Because I think the really important thing is just to not feel like you're too knocked back. It's nothing personal. It just means that they, you know, it just means that somebody. You need, oh, sorry. It just means that um, you just got. <laughs> it just means that you've got to have to. You have to prove yourself, you know. And that's kind of like in every job role, um, but specifically in visual effects production, I would also say people skills are key as well, and social skills as well. <laughs> you know, just being able to talk to anyone and talk to all different departments, all different peoples of all different levels as well and trying not to feel intimidated because that can, even now I get intimidated by supervisors I've never worked with or artists who maybe sometimes feel a bit less approachable or whatever but you've just kind of got to be adaptable to those situations, adaptable to those projects and, you know, even as a, as a VFX coordinator I don't even uh, work with the same people from project to project, you know, even in the same company. So again, it's just about knowing those different personalities and being able to slot in where you can so it sounds like the uh, all the advice you've given around the application process is they're almost like competencies for your job now you know adaptability <laughs> yeah. flexibility persistence resilience yeah. is that fair to say yeah i think that is fair to say actually i didn't actually never looked at it like that but yeah i think all those things serve you so well specifically um for production because you will have to sometimes be that annoying person that's yeah. like i'm really sorry but we really need this done like now or yesterday yeah. actually but now is uh, really the <laughs> crucial moment yeah, yeah but now will be great um so i think it's really yeah that is really crucial really crucial um, elements of your job for sure Brilliant. well thank you so much for talking to us Eve I know you're very busy you need to leave shortly but uh, <laughs> that's gold for our listeners so thank you no you're very welcome and I hope to come back again one day yay <laughs> so I'm here with um, actually I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves first before we get stuck into this careers advice um, buffet from the uh, VFX festival on day two so I'll start to my right Okay, hi, I'm Ian Palmer, I'm the director of Escape Studios and we run short courses and degree programmes in visual effects, animation and games. Uh, I'm Ian Fellows, I'm a 2D supervisor at Post VFX. Thank you, Ian. Um, Paul Wilkes, head of talent management at NPC Advertising. Tom Knight, talent manager at The Mill. Brilliant, okay, so um, you've had what, a good hour and a half of talking to the students that have come through the, uh, the door on day two of the VFX Festival, and this podcast is on day two is all about careers advice for our listenership or our followership or whatever the terminology is these days. So what has been the flavour of the conversation you guys have been having today? Who wants to kick things off? What have you been talking about? What's the advice you've been giving today? Um, I mean, lo- lots of questions about showreels, which is standard. Um, you know, people wanting to know how they adapt to their showreel whether they're particularly interested in advertising or film if they should do something different and uh, you know as always the advice is to get an understanding of what it is they want to do and adapt the showreel to the company that they're applying for okay and how do they do that um, well, you know, it's important to know what we do, look yeah. at the work that we do, understand if it's realistic animation or more stylized work, visual effects, games, you know, it's understanding the work and, and, and pitching it in the right direction. Okay, thank you, Paul. Anybody agree with that? Disagree with that? Yeah, I was going to say the same in regards to potentially not just applying to everywhere that you've ever heard of. Mm. You actually whittle down a list of your top five studios and then you're minimizing potentially the work you do on tailoring your showreel to that specific studio because mm-hmm. there's obviously a lot of companies you can you can send it through to and 
hopefully having some correlation between the top five that they're all of the same type of work yeah. that's not a mixture of games and VFX um, and then yeah tailoring your applications and spending some dedicated time to those five studios if you don't hear back from them moving on to the next five your next five options after that and so on and so forth okay so you're pulling together your hit list of studios but I guess that you need to understand the kind of work you do as well and I guess that comes with time really doesn't it yeah, I mean, I think, uh, as has been said, the whole kind of dear sir or madam generic application is kind of, is not something that works anymore. So I think it's all about people doing the research in what it is that the particular studios do and tailoring what they're, they're doing for that and seeing that they're a right fit because obviously they've got their own specialisms and talent and they want to make sure they're applying to the right place. So how do you uh, get that balance between not completely kind of firing your reel or your CV to every, all and sundry and getting the balance between being kind of focused but not being too annoying because nobody wants to be constantly badgered with emails and and reels is that fair to say um i I think it is yeah but i mean one thing we talked about today with with students is that um the need to keep sort of being persistent you know it's finding that balance between just being there all the time but also understanding that that you know the recruitment needs can change almost on a weekly basis and so um you know a, a no this week might not be a, a no in in another week's time depending on what's you know and, and quite often we you know found people sort of get turned away one week and then the next week we're, we're looking for people yeah. and they say well I submitted something last week and you know you, you so so actually not to be too disheartened if you yeah. get a no and not to necessarily expect to receive that much feedback a lot of the people that look at these reels are very you know up against sort of extreme time constraints so they'll have a few seconds to look at a video um yeah so knowing your audience is really important so that you know you're targeting um but also sometimes it can just be luck of the draw in terms of at that particular time they're looking for that particular sort of flavor in a reel and suddenly that your you know your reel happens to be at the top of the pile that day at that time so there is a bit of a kind of you know luck element so i think in i remember um uh, you know, talking a lot with uh, frame store recruiters, and they say they always go to the top of the to the to the latest sort of top of the pile, start the list there. So if you can keep a kind of regular update, you, you know yeah. your your stuff stays Plus, currently at the top. Yeah. So yeah. it's you know, I, I, and I guess different companies work in different ways, but um, but I think it's it is striking that balance between sort of being persistent enough without sort of yeah. hounding Clever. and you know yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Oh, sorry, I mean, something something I spoke to a few people out is is also that you know everyone does focus on the big VFX houses mm. and and so everyone is applying to the same companies and yeah. and you can sense that people are like you know I'm going to apply for this internship but I know I'm not going to get it yeah. um, that people need to recognise that there probably are other companies out there smaller little. Uh, companies that do advertising, music videos, yeah. that they might get their first opportunity doing a bit of freelance compositing. And that could be the thing that then gets them something on their reel that gets them the next job. Yeah. So, you know, doing that research and finding the companies that aren't necessarily the headline names is really important as well. Yeah, it's really interesting you say that. Sorry. Go no, I was going to say, I mean, I I've obviously have a history working at, at, in London with uh, Framestore and, and MPC and stuff, but now I work for Outpost, which is a much smaller and growing company, and, and I would agree with that. You know, we, we, we take people um, because we don't have, we're not part of that larger community. We, we give people opportunities that perhaps they wouldn't get in the larger facilities just because we, we have to and we have, you know, uh, also, we, you know, we take people in, 
out of London into Bournemouth. Yeah. So, so you know, we we can offer sort of we don't necessarily have those prep departments and the long you know the departments where you sort of go through all the you know the hierarchies. We yeah. we, we tend to have to take people with with a more junior skill set because they're available to us and that those are the sort of people we need at that particular time. So, yeah, I would say. That's yeah, the other thing I was going to say is, as Ian says, you don't expect to get a lot of feedback, but if you get feedback, listen to it. Because yeah. if you keep sending the same reel in with the same kind of mistakes and you haven't listened to it, then people just aren't going to take yeah. you seriously. So if you do manage to get some feedback on your reel, make sure you listen to it and take it on board. Sounds like they show that when you are reapplying to these places, it could be, as you say, the right timing, being there at the right yeah. right point in time, but also... It could be you're sending new applications through because you've added something new to your showreel, which could be like a personal project that you think is worthy of your showreel. So it's not that, oh, hi, I'm just applying again. It's like, here's my updated version with this new thing that you might have not seen of ours. Uh, It just means that how it lands, the application lands with a person that reads it for the first time is it has a much bigger impact. Um, and also behind the exactly yeah it's it's almost like networking uh, higher uh, job applications is a bit more of like a a web of kind of connections and so you 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 might apply somewhere you might be replied from another recruiter or even an artist that you hadn't heard from there then you've got a name then they've got a network out it's it's all this kind of but applying and applying for jobs is a full-time job in itself as well as what Paul was mentioning about smaller studios, as well as other studios out in Europe, up in Scotland, wherever it's it's looking a little bit further afield for maybe your first role and your your break into the industry. And then if you're if you desire to, you can come back to to London or some other market where it's bigger or is as big as in London as parts of Canada have shown and and you know other parts of Asia or whatever. Yeah, that was one of the things we pushed during the tour of the country Access VFX did in October last year is we went out all over the country and we partnered with local studios and the message was yes you have this kind of hub in London but there are so many incredible animation VFX and post houses that exist all over the country yeah. right cool okay so um, what I've kind of what I'm gathering from this conversation is this real balance between those real hardcore like I hate the term soft skills but the the skills of resilience and taking your time and knowing your audience but equally the work's important as well. Yeah. So um, what kind of thing, I mean, who did you speak to today? Were you mostly speaking to artists, producers? I mean, what, was the, what, 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 was, what were the typical roles that people were interested in today? I mean, I had an interesting experience because we're embarking on our first apprenticeships this year. And so I spoke to a couple of people that were at that level. And it's really interesting for me as a recruiter because we're not used to talking to people at that age and actually considering them for a role. But what I found was that they were, you know, a little bit shy, a little bit nervous, but actually quite well informed mm. and quite confident, confident enough to, okay. you know, to have a good conversation and talk about us and our work. And they didn't know the detail of what we did, but they were asking the right questions to find it out. So that was quite good. You know, a lot of the other people I spoke to were a little bit more closer to kind of graduate level. Some of the master's students from here at Escape that, you know, are very well informed and know exactly where they're going. But yeah, it was interesting to to get the split between the two, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody else have a similar experience around? I know, do we have, do you have... An apprenticeship experience here at the, at the escape. No, we Sorry, don't. should be talking no. in here, shouldn't I? <laughs> no, we don't at the moment. We just take uh, people at eighteen for yeah. undergraduate degrees or masters. But I mean, I think, I think you're right about the confidence of 
of the sort of younger people, and I, I know it sounds like a bit of a cliche, but coming to events like this and talking to people, because, you know, you guys are really interested in hearing what they've got to say, and I think as long as they know that and understand that, yeah. they should be a bit more forthcoming with that. And it's, it's hard, isn't it, when you're that age and, you, you know, you, some of the people you're talking to are the people you want to aspire to be. You're yeah. sometimes a little bit in awe, I think, of these people that are talking about these amazing films and games they've worked on. But I think what you've got to remember is, you know, they're, what they're interested in is talent. Mm. If you've got talent, you can talk about your passion and what you're doing. They're, they're going to listen and give you advice. So getting to events like this and the Access VFX stuff, I think, is really important to kind of start that networking off, isn't it, and getting, you, getting around and meeting people. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that I said to someone as well, was, like, they were asking, how do you get feedback? You know, are there forums I can post my work on? And, you know, yes, you probably can, but also, you know, that's not necessarily going to be the most reliable feedback. You might be getting feedback from people that are also learning. actually I think the best way is that physical event because if you've got a captive audience someone you're speaking to and you've got an iPad and you can show them some work that's that's the best opportunity to get feedback because you're not going to get it when you make a job application unless you're successful and you can come in and talk about the work or the Access VFX e-mentoring program which I spoke about to a couple of people that is something that Mm. older companies like CG Coach used to do and made you know part of their their company based on that so it's it's digitally sharing advice from yeah. professionals or people in the industry to people that want to fit to feel like they're getting constructive feedback on their work yeah. but also for some of them I did say I don't understand why you don't have even your working showreel with you now and showing yeah, it to me right. maybe not on a phone but some some level of presentation yeah. um you still gotta have some work to show right? yeah and you feel so much more confident going up to someone that you might not know is who is who are they from what their mm. position because we don't always have our information plastered on our chests, yeah. but you can then have a showreel just to break the ice and start the conversation. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on... I mean, have you mostly seen artists or potential artists today? Has, no, has anybody come up saying, I want to work in production or I want to be work behind the scenes, uh, right? All artists, yeah, all artists today. Okay, so what... Uh, I mean, we talked a bit about reels earlier uh, and the work. I mean, what, sh- what, what kind of software should people be dabbling in? Because we hear a lot about there's lots of free versions of software out there. Not everybody can afford to buy all the kind of high-end stuff. But what should... Um, let's say you have an aspiring CG artist, 2D artist, whatever it may be. You know, what, what advice would you give a... I always want to say young person here, but a human be- person. <laughs> um, and what they should be looking at to kind of maybe smarten up their reel or maybe push themselves. I mean, it's a very broad question, but I don't yeah, know. I, mean, the, I met someone who's running a summer camp and they do that in Blender because they feel like it's accessible. People mm-hmm. can do start to finish in one piece of software and it's affordable or free. Yeah. You know, they can get access to it. But, um, you know, from a professional point of view, we use Myron Houdini. And so really at some point, anyone aspiring to get into the industry is going to need to get access to those tools. Now, I don't know exactly how it works at the moment, but my understanding is as a student, you can get a free copy of Maya, right, uh, if you're learning. So that shouldn't be a barrier to entry. Yeah. The barrier is it's a com- complex software tool. Yeah. But, but again, there's loads of opportunities for online videos and tutorials say, to learn YouTube it. So, mine, right? you know, you have to make that leap into the professional software tools. I, I, you know, you're going to have to do it at some point. So why not do it yeah. as early as possible? I mean, uh, I had a chat with St. John Walker yesterday and his whole kind of spiel was um, just make some stuff. Just have a go. It doesn't have to be this high, particularly the audience today. It doesn't have to be high end, but you've got to show that hunger and that potential because particularly on the apprenticeship side, you're not going to have the finished article at that moment, but you've got 18 months to completely mould them yeah. and, and have yeah, an incredible I think artist. People are, people are 
used to looking at people having developed stuff in different packages or even just yeah. doing traditional artwork. You know, I think, I think people understand the level you're at. If you're coming in as someone who's perhaps 16, you're not going to have like five years experience in Maya and people yeah. understand that. And if yeah. you've had a dabble in Blender and you've done some stuff, maybe played around with Photoshop or, or yeah. Gimp or one of the other packages, you know, people understand that, don't they? And they, yeah. they can look at if you've got a good iPhone image and what works rather than the software yeah. package at that level. I would say that's the thing. I think sometimes we are a little bit focused on, you know, a certain software, you know, yeah. um, become software evangelists, you know, and, and actually, to me, I what's more important is is the artistry or that you know the, the the ability to sort of make something look good, a picture look good, or if you're an animator, animate something really well, yeah. regardless of. The, the, the software yeah. package having said that though like you say we we do use a a, a certain set of packages so cool. I, I, I think you yeah I, know, I think um you know sort of on the 2d side obviously nuke is our main compositing package and, and many vfx companies pin their pipeline around nuke so having an understanding of that is yeah. is is important i think and it but having said that, Nuke is not an easy tool to learn compositing with because of the nature of it being so flexible. So, you know, I think, you know, I, I would be more interested to see somebody's artistic potential than particularly what software they've, yeah. you know, learned. I mean, one of the other things that came up is that something that's not as easy to learn from, a, you know, an online tutorial is like the language of cinematography and, okay. and, a, and an understanding of cameras and how they work. And obviously on a visual effects point of view that's hugely important but even in feature animation as uh, the guy from the third floor was saying you know they're now applying their techniques to feature animation because animators when they're using virtual cameras they want to understand how real world cameras work yeah and so for people that are developing 3d in any software you know looking at reference material of real world footage and trying to match the camera the camera angles the lighting these are things that are not as easy to learn from an online tutorial but actually will have a huge impact on the work that you're showing okay interesting it's observation isn't it observation of reality because whatever we're doing we're you know we're, we're trying to even if it's hyper real or some you know yeah. kind of mythical character or whatever it's all based in reality and trying to sell the illusion of that reality so i think observation is you know and understanding reality is really kind of key yeah in terms of the artistry part of it sorry i was going to say going back to the software thing i think one of the issues is a lot of job ads list particular software packages and that's right. why the, the assumption is i must know this and clearly that's a big advantage but as you say it's it's more important them understanding imagery and composition and color isn't it actually yeah and if they've got the talent for that the other stuff you can you can kind of put in there can't you, you can, the software skills ultimately is just a package but learning something like nuke from a load of online tutorials is not is not a great way to do it because that package you open it up don't you? you sit in front of it and you think oh my god but i think you know i think that that can come that's that's Ultimately, it's just a complicated tool yeah. rather than, than the talent. I think sometimes, because I, I, I also teach on a degree course as well, and I think sometimes um, sort of students can become a little bit obsessed about the process of mm. you know learning the process rather than thinking the other way around, which is what does this picture need to make it look good? What does this animation yeah. need to make? And then feeding that back through to learning the technique required to do it. Yeah. Um, and so quite often when I'm working with you know new recruits or 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 even students it's it's sort of trying to get them to think about rather than just think about what process do i need because i'm going to do a green screen today you know actually think about 
working it back from the point of view is why is this picture not working and what else do I need to add in and, and do I need to learn any new techniques alongside yeah. that rather than kind of following a tutorial and then thinking That's right the I've got these set of nodes that I can apply to this situation you know yeah. A, um, VFX soup that I used to work with and he would say to some of the most senior skilled compositors that were always on his crews like when a shot wasn't working or wasn't hitting the mark it was like what it sounds a bit cliche but what story are you trying to say with this shot even if it's just yeah. one volcano exploding in front of your face what is the story you're trying to tell and and that's yeah that I agree with that point wholeheartedly as well as just thinking about um VFX in general is great because you can almost do anything and everything you could think of mm. bar maybe needing some very special uh, specialized equipment or whatever to shoot maybe some footage but even if you're not shooting any footage you can do almost limitless things um so be creative with what you yeah. you create basically and yeah. what you put on your showreel don't just shoot the inside of your bedroom and try and come up with some little shot that you've you've made like actually spend some time at the beginning of the process thinking what story would i like to sh yeah. say with this little with this shot and maybe it's a personal project maybe it's a something for education but um even just building an asset like what's that asset going to be like yeah, you could choose you anything do, yeah. that you wanted to and not just your tv remote that you touch every day it's just you can think outside of the box and yeah. i think that catches people's eyes as, as well because they're not seeing a replication of the same things over and over again and you do find big similarities to yeah. what people end up doing especially on student showreels i'd say yeah surely that's where the kind of passion comes from as well because yeah. if you just kind of present someone and go oh this is technically brilliant and i did this and that and you know the youtube tutorial whereas if you can talk about kind of reference material maybe it's i mean we had a talk from jantz ilm talking about nosferatu and all these kind of old classic films that informed jurassic world like the lost kingdom and I don't know, is, is there something about being kind of, is, is, it, is the word culturally literate, like understanding cinema, understanding art, artistically literate? It is, is probably also, the best but there was, a, there was a guy that I had in um, to the mill years ago who did a couple of summers running with us, and he was 15 at the time, which yeah. um, was, was probably the youngest runner we've ever had, um, or within my days. But he was playing around with Blender from the age of like 12, yeah. very smart guy, um, but he basically built an um, aerial shot of a plane flying through the sky, which was basically completely built out of food so the engines were coke cans the exhausts were the coke coming out of the cans as it was flying the wings were pieces of pizza it was almost kind of cloudy with a, a, a exactly yeah. so there was a there was an inspiration yeah. there, and that might have been his inspiration but yeah. it caught my eye and i thought it was great and yeah. you know and there, there were obviously other things that he did which were equally as good but it's just an idea. um yeah it's an idea and that's for me not Maybe the inspiration of the, the film we just referenced, yeah. but it's not necessarily being about culturally... Not uh, high art. No, exactly. And, and I think, actually, you know, there's all other aspects, you know, there's science, there's chemistry, you yes, know, how course, does yeah. light interact with yeah. glass, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. how do materials react with each other, you know. There's all of these uh, aspects, particularly 3D artists, I think, but compositors as well, you know. There needs to be that, that sort of absolute hunger for just knowledge and information about everything because yeah. that's what informs the work and gives you the the new ideas nice nice okay so we're at the kind of 20 minute mark and we're, i 
don't want to take up too much of your time, but could we leave our listeners with just like one really juicy nugget of careers advice? You know, if you had to give, if, you were sit, if we were sitting on a panel now, and this is kind of like a panel of sorts, a virtual panel, um, what would be the kind of parting piece of advice you would give uh, anybody trying to get into this industry, whether they're a student, they're at college, they're looking to do an apprenticeship, they're a bedroom artist and they're learning from tutorials? I mean, what is the big key piece of advice you'd give? My one line would just be, Find a piece of work you like, you really like. Yeah. Find out which studio produced it or made it, and that will inform your top five studios to apply to. Wicked. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, and I think similarly to that, there's probably a, like a Venn diagram of the companies you want to work at and where your passion and skill is. Yeah. And you know, and, and your passion and your skill might not be exactly the same, but you need to find those two things. And and somewhere in that group is is where your entry point into the industry is going to be. Fantastic. Thank you, Paul. I think mine is just um, passion, resilience, and you know, just kind of uh, be into what you do, love it because you're going to spend many hours doing it, and, and just you know, always push, always push for the next thing, always push to keep uh, improving. You know, and don't you know, you're going to get a, a career worth of people giving you notes. So just yeah. get used to kind of always trying to get to the next level, push it a little bit further each time. You know. Ian. They've, they've stolen most of the things I was going to say. Um, but I think, I think the thing to remember is, you know, you can always keep learning, as, as Ian said. And it, when you listen to some of these talks about this amazing work that's won awards, everybody says, oh, if I only had some more time, I could do that better. And, you know, I've, I've learned from that and I can do it differently now. So just remember that's always the case. Uh, and, but, you know, what, they, what those people have done is they recognise what their own limitations are and they can talk about that. And yeah. I think that's just as important as, as kind of trying to achieve excellence. So on that note, big thank you guys. Thanks for coming to the festival and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, thank you guys. Thank you very much. Cheers. There we go. End of another Access VFX podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. To find out more about what we discussed, our mentoring programme and events we're at, then head over to our website at www.accessvfx.org and follow us on social media. Big thank you for listening. And until next time, bye. <laughs>